With the NBA Finals around the corner, you can bet with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code VOXMMA. That's code VOXMMA for new customers to get a no-sweat bet up to $1,500 if your first bet doesn't hit. Only on DraftKings. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Or in West Virginia, visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas, 21 and over, age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. One no-sweat bet per new customer. Issued as one bonus. Bonus bet based on amount of initial losing bet. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.co slash bball for eligibility, wagering, and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. You're listening to the Vox Media Podcast Network. Welcome back to the Fighter versus the Writer. I'm your host, as always, Damon Martin. And this week, I am happy to be joined by my regular co-host. I'm going to call him a regular co-host because I think he's the longest-standing member of this podcast besides myself. I think this is his third or fourth appearance on the show, and uh, maybe more one day. Uh, of course, we used to host a podcast together uh, over on Fox Sports, and uh, he, hosted, he hosted his own podcast at one point in time as well. He is returning to action on March 26th here in Columbus, Ohio, against Brian Barberina. Always glad to talk to Matt Brown. Matt, what's going on? Uh, just getting ready, man. A couple weeks out, uh, you know, laying down the final layers of camp and um, you know, tapering down, getting ready, getting the weight good, and uh, getting mentally ready to go to war. You know, we got uh, Brian Barberina here, who's a is a, a real just fucking grinding blue collar backcountry guy. <laughs> you know, it's just like he's just coming out of the woods and just going to fucking war, man. So, you know, I gotta be ready for this guy, man. So I'm um, just getting mentally ready and um you know, we got uh less than two weeks now. So we're ready to fire um trying to get all the cylinders fired up so that we can go in there and hammer it. Yeah, I was at your, of course, I'll be at the fight next week, but I was at your fight with Eric Silva down in Cincinnati. And, you know, I consider Cincinnati and Columbus both kind of like hometown fights for you because you lived in Columbus for years, but you're kind of, you're, you're originally from like right outside of Cincinnati. So kind of two hometown shows, but that was a little different because that was a main event, of course, you know, hometown show, those kind of things. But this is another one. You're going to be a marquee fight on the card. Do you like, I mean, is it fun fighting at home? So I hear different. I remember talking to Rich Franklin one time, when he was fighting Anderson Silva in Cincinnati and he was excited, but then afterwards he told me, he's like, God, it's a nightmare. People hitting you up for tickets and you know, you're dealing, you know, you deal with the local stuff and all that kind of stuff. So like, how, how was it for you? Like when you, when you're now, like, has it been a pain in the butt or, or do you get excited to fight at home? 
Uh, it's pretty much the same to me, to be honest. You know, I, I go uh, mentally, I stay the same. I'll, I'll stay down at the hotel. I won't, you know, I won't stay at my house during the week, even though I'm 10 minutes away from the arena. I'll stay at the hotel just like it's a, a regular fight. Uh, I pretty much block out all the people that, you know, asking for tickets and this and that. Um, and it ends up being uh, pretty, pretty much like any other fight to me. I try to keep it that way. And uh, because, I mean, once you get in there, it's the same cage, no matter uh, uh, what, what city you're in or, or what arena you're in. And you got a guy across from you that's trying to take your head off. So that's a, uh, that's all that I need to worry about. And, you know, if I don't reply to people's texts or, or tell them to fuck off for tickets or whatever, <laughs> and, you know, I'll, I'll I'll talk to him after the fight and and explain to him, look, I was busy, bro, mentally. So, uh, you, you know, I I know I've had the experience before. I fought also fought in Columbus, I think in 2011. I want to say maybe 2010 with Pete Cell. Oh yeah, the Pete Cell fight, the uh, the Eve Levine wanting to get Pete Cell killed fight. Yes, I do remember that yes. one vividly. Yes, yes, <laughs> and, and uh, yeah. So you know, this isn't nothing new to me, man, and. Uh, I, I know that my friends are going to be my friends no matter what I give them. Um, so after the fight, you know, if someone wants to hold it against me because I didn't reply to your text, I can fuck off. <laughs> Dude, I'm excited because uh, this is the this is going to end up being the second fight night card with fans. Of course, they're doing it this weekend with UFC London, but first one domestically. And and again, the first card, the it was kind of funny. It was back-to-back when the pandemic started in 2020. They had the card in London, which was going to be Tyron Woodley and Leon Edwards. And then the next week was going to be Francis Ngannou and Jarzinho Rosenstrike here in Columbus. And those are the first two cards that got canceled with the pandemic. So it's kind of awesome. Literally two years later in March, we're going back to back London and then Columbus. And uh, I saw, I don't know if you, again, you probably don't pay attention to this, but like ticket sales, I mean, nationwide arena for people who've never been to nationwide arena. It's a big arena. I mean, it's where the, you know, the, the Columbus blue jackets play, 20,000 seat arena, dude, that place is, I mean, tickets are scarce. Like it's almost sold out and that's for a oh, fight wow. night car, which is awesome. Like it's going to be a pretty awesome crowd. That's awesome, man. Um, I can't wait, bro. It's been over two years now since I've had fans. So, um, I actually kind of got used to it. You know, my last fight at the apex, like I felt comfortable, felt great. Um, first couple of times it was really, really weird, you know? Um, while fighting Abu Dhabi, while fighting Jacksonville, especially Jacksonville, walking out to just a complete empty arena, um, it just felt creepy, man. It was just, it was just weird. And um, you know, the way they shuttled us in one at a time, and leaving right after the the whole thing just felt really strange to me. So I'm just excited to be back in front of fans, and I think it's going to be a rush again, just like you know, it's been so long, two years. It's going to be, you know. You know, I don't know, man. Like, like, like it was five, ten years ago. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. Like when I when I was young in the UFC and still, you know, uh, feeling those that vibe, man. I, I can't wait to feel the energy of the fans. It's funny because when the well, the whole Apex thing first started, like I kind of enjoyed it because I did enjoy hearing the corners, you know, the coaches, these things you yeah. just can't normally. Like I. I got used to hearing somebody because like when I go to fights, they always set us in media. We sit right behind one of the corners, whether it's the red corner or blue corner. And so I get to hear a lot of times the coaching and things like that, which is fun. 
Uh, but it was kind of fun at the beginning. I was like, oh, this is kind of cool. Like, I like hearing the advice. It's kind of, you know, you really hear the impact of punches and all those kind of things. After like six months, I was like, all right, I'm done with this. I want the, the fans back <laughs> because just so much more energy and like the reactions and just the highs and the lows. Like, you just can't replace that. Like, I, I get yeah. it. I, I, and I totally understand why they did it, of course. But like, it's just not the same experience, man. Like when you see it, when, like when you go without fans to fans, it's almost like night and day in terms of like, seeing a card or being at a card yeah i, I couldn't agree more man uh, and and like some of those fights at the apex were just so good i mean what's well, ufc i mean there's always good fights right and without the crowd it just doesn't feel as good right like there's something you know when you hear that crowd roaring for blood there's something and there's an energy man that you can't replicate without that crowd yeah, absolutely. And uh, I know this one was rescheduled. I know you had to deal with a little bit of COVID, which actually knocked you back from fighting. Was it December? Was that the fight? If yeah. I remember that correctly. Uh, so yeah. obviously you're past that and everything, but in a weird way, like never, you never, you know, of course you would have liked to fight in December and then maybe fight again in March. But is there any party that's kind of excited that it worked out this way in terms of like getting to fight at home? Cause again, you know, you don't have, you don't always get opportunities to fight at home. I mean, there's guys, and girls who, you know, they live in places where they'll, there will never be a card. They live in places where MMA is not allowed, like whatever. So is it kind of cool it worked out this way? Yeah, I, I, it's fine either way. Like I said, I, I love getting in the cage and another man being across from me and competing against them and trying to knock his head off while he's trying to knock my head off. It does, I don't care where it's at. I don't care who's across the cage. I like being in there. Um, so you know, it, it's always exciting, man. It doesn't, it just doesn't matter, bro. Um, the fact that it's a home, that's, uh, that's going to be awesome on Sunday or Saturday night after the fight. That's what's awesome about that before it don't mean a damn thing to me. Yeah. Barbarina is the opponent again, too. I really like this fight. I'm actually really glad they remade that. Of course he ended up getting a win. He got a replacement opponent when you had to drop out, he got a replacement opponent, got a win. Barbarina is one of those guys, man. Like it's kind of like when you fought Diego Lima, like we don't really need to say much about it. Cause Barbarina is just that guy, you know, he's going to come in. He's going to be tough as nails. Uh, he's not, you know, he's not like a crazy trash talker. He's not going to try to say crazy things to like amp up the fight. It's just gonna be a fun fight, dude. He's a tough, like hard nosed dude. I've known Brian. I'm not going to sit here and lie and say, I know him super well. I've interviewed him a few times and, you know, texted with him, but you know, real nice guy, incredibly hard nosed fighter just makes for a fun fight. Yeah, I couldn't agree more, man. I mean, he's just a, a a grinder, man. You know, lives on the farm and stuff and um, just kind of comes out of the woods and comes in, <laughs> brawls, and goes back, man. And, you know, just a, all around, you know, seems like a really good guy, man, you know, a family guy. Um, but, damn, you know, he could take a shot, man, and, and he can – he's got a, a, a motor for days. So, um I look forward to, I think it's a great matchup. I think it's an exciting matchup and, um, you know, I'm going to have to be mentally sharp and, and firing on all cylinders to get in there and uh, whoop his ass. And then we're going to have a great after party and have some whiskey and cigars and, and, uh, move on to the next one, man. <laughs> it's funny. I'm, I'm always curious, you know, cause you, you have a lot of knockouts on your record. I'm always curious when you fight a super tough guy, who's not known for being finished. You know, that's, that's, you know, Brian Barbering is not a guy you, you put away easily. I think about Diego Sanchez is a good example. Like Diego, dude, say what you want about Diego Sanchez. That dude's tough as nails. Like you just don't go out there and wipe him out. You just don't. And then you go out there and knock him out. Of course, we know 
one of the most famous elbow knockouts in the history of the sport. Do you take pride when you can do that to a guy? Like when you go, when you go in there with like a super, super tough guy, like Barbarina, like that's not a guy you go in there and typically wipe off the board. Like, do you, do you get a little extra smirk, a little extra, you know, a little extra pride when you go out there and beat a guy like that and knock him out? I, I think it's the same with everyone, man. I mean, I just look at it as a, it's just a human being across the cage from me. Um, I, I don't necessarily search for the knockout. I go out to uh, beat the guy, uh, beat him down, hurt him, put some elbows into his skull. Uh, I just want some bone on bone contact and make this guy suffer. And uh, if that knockout comes, it comes, man. Um, I think the times when I did try to get knockouts or, or tried maybe too hard for certain things, um, those were mistakes that I made. So now my focus is really like, I'm going to go out there and I'm going to make this guy just look bad all around. And that's kind of, you know, what I was looking to do with Diego, you know, for example, um, I, I wasn't really looking for a knockout. He just presented one to me. So, you know, I, but I was out there um, trying to showcase my skills and, and beat him technically. Um, I was able to do that. And I plan on doing the same with the Barbarina. Yeah. Did you see that uh, Diego retired? Uh, I did not. No, I seen that he uh, he fought Kevin Lee and uh, apparently. Oh no, no, no Diego, Diego Lima. I'm sorry, Diego Lima, the, the last guy. Oh. Yeah. Oh no, I did not. An- see that another either. Diego. Sorry, I, I mixed up Diego's. <laughs> but yeah, Diego Lima, the last guy you fought. No, I didn't. You know, that's uh, a surprising man. He's young, very talented. Um, wow, that's yeah, that's very surprising. But I think. Um, you know, he's like preaching or something, right? Like he's a big, uh, uh, Jesus guy or something, right? Yeah. It's crazy. Yeah. I, I think so. I can't remember. I, I, I have to look it up. I, I wasn't really prepared to like, look at it, but I know he had something going on, like some sort of, cause he had booked a fight if I'm not mistaken. And then like, he had to drop out and, uh, it's crazy, man. Like, cause you don't know, like, you know what, like I always, I love, I just had this conversation and I did a story about it couple weeks ago about Javier Dos Anjos, who just got a win, of course, you know, at, at UFC 272. And I said, man, there's not enough said about longevity in this sport. Like when you can stick around and be like a real viable fighter, you know, for 15, 20 years, like that's so hard to do. You know what I mean? Like when you think about when you start in the UFC to where you're right now from the ultimate fighter to now, like that's dude, I don't care. Titles, no titles, whatever the case may be. That's freaking hard, man, to, like, stick around and do what you like. Because I, I thought about that with Dos Anjos. I'm like, God, this guy's been there. I think he's at, like, 15 years in the UFC. And I'm just like, dude, I don't think I think people take that for granted, man, like, how hard that is. Like, I know they booked the fight. Like, Joe Lozon's got a fight coming up, same kind of thing. I'm like, dude, it's so hard to make it to the UFC. But to me, it's even harder to stay in the UFC and to do it for, like, a decade, 15 years. Like, dude, that's ridiculous. Yeah, yeah, it's it's not easy, man. And um, I don't know, man. I think some of us, you know, like a Dos Anjos or a Lausanne, you know, we're in this for life, man. And this is what we love doing. And, um, you know, people like me, man, I'm just, I'm blessed that I've been able to, my body's been able to hold up. My mind's been able to hold up. And uh, I tell everybody, man, you know, the, the hard part really isn't the fight. You know, we could like if if I if I didn't have nothing else in my life except fighting, it'd be pretty easy. You know, like we love training. We'll just go in, train every day. That's all we do. Uh, it's all the outside things. You know, you got business and you got to make money. You got family. You got you know all this other all these other distractions, man. That's what makes it hard. 
And I think that's why a lot of people retire, man. It's just life life itself kind of brings them down and it's hard to keep that focus. Um, you know, so there's people like me or, you know, I'm sure Dos Anjos, Lozano like this, you know, you know, we just got that ability to, um, you know, put everything else to the side, push everything away from us, live in our own world and, uh, and just focus on what we want to do with our life, man. And, uh, you know, I, I tell, I tell all the young fighters, you know, look, if, if this is something you want to do for a long term, you know, you, you basically have, have sentenced yourself to a, a world of solitary confinement for life. You know, you know, you can't expect to have uh, really good relationships. You can't really expect to have, um, you know, you're going to miss birthday parties with your kids. You're going to miss um, weddings and funerals. And, you know, I mean, there, there's all kinds of shit you're going to miss. You're in solitary confinement, bro. You're in your own world. So you got to deal with that. Um, and a lot of people, I think, just can't deal with that. Um, again, you know, guys like me or Lazan, Dosanos, these guys are talking about, I think that's, that's where we, we excel, you know, and that's why we're able to do it. Yeah, it's funny you say that because we always talk about training and how you know, hard on the body that can be. And I, you know, I've talked to a million guys who say the hard part's the training camp, not the fight, because that's where you really put the, you know, you're doing it you know, two, three, four hours a day putting damage on your body or whatever. But there's always those outside factors we kind of take for granted. Like, you know, like I've heard, you know, when fighters, you know, I've talked to fighters after a loss and they talk about, well, you know, like I'm not making excuses. Like I was going through a tough divorce or, or, you know, my kids were sick or my, my mom was sick or these are little, like, these are little things that we don't. And and I, I understand like fighters don't really like to talk about a lot because it does sound like an excuse, but it's real. Like that mental strain that you go through, man, it can, it can screw you up worse than an injury. Sometimes like when you don't have your mind in it, you don't have, or you have something else going on, whatever. Like I've heard fighters about like taxes, like all kinds of crazy stuff can hit you from all angles right before a fight. And if you're not mentally ready, disaster, man. And it's so hard. Like, I think that like, it's just, it gets taken for granted, like how hard it is to stay like on the path when you're getting ready for a fight. And it's just like, I've heard so many, horror stories of that that have nothing to do with training have nothing to do with what happens at the gym you know it's you know it's 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 relationships whatever yeah that's all it is man that's and that's what i'm saying is like the training isn't the hard part you know if if, that's why i i think that's a lot of reason why like younger um uh, younger athletes do better like they have less distraction you know when you're talking about you know college or you know mid-20s whatever you know, they ain't got no kids yet. They ain't got, um, you know, deep relationships, long-term relationships. They ain't got, you know, they don't have so many people trying to take advantage of them all the time that, you know, they don't, they don't have to worry about when they're 50 or, or at least not worried as much about when they're 50 and how they gonna make money then, you know what I mean? So there's just like so, so much less distraction so they can put, pour all their focus into that. Um, when you start getting up into, uh, older ages, you know, you got kids, you got businesses uh, and all these things that, that all pulls your focus away, all of it. And, and if you don't know how to handle that properly, it's going to tear you down bad. Um, and, and that's, again, you know, I think, you know, some of us guys, we just have the innate ability to overcome that. Uh, we got the focus, we got the, the mental fortitude, all these different things to overcome that. Whereas, uh, most people don't. 
Yeah. I mean, I remember- the stress of fighting is, is hard enough, right? Like, I mean, just, you know, you, you got to get into shape. You got to uh, diet. You know I mean? You got a 24 hour job. You know, you don't, you don't do all the right things. This dude might, might fuck you up and kill you in the, in the cage, you know, you know, and you're trying to get to a title or you're trying to win your next, you know, whatever it is, that's a lot of stress on its own. And then you start piling on all these other things, you know, it, it takes a, a certain person to be able to handle that shit. Yeah. It's, it's crazy. Cause of course, a lot of people remember a couple of years ago before the Diego Sanchez fight, let me clarify which Diego this time. Uh, you had talked about retirement. And then, of course, after that, you've continued to go and you've had several fights since then. I'm curious because I think I kind of know the answer, but I'm just, you know, because I know you, but I'm also like, you know, kind of curious about this. Like you, of course, started your own gym, Immortal Martial Arts, which is doing really, really well. Uh, of course, you've got a big team up there. I saw the photos. You've been, I know I saw Lance Palmer's been coming in. I know Mickey Gall comes through from time to time. Uh, you got a good team. How much, how much did like having finally having that home base of like having your gym and having your own team, the team that you're coaching and working out of, like, did that, did that play any influence in like what you're going through right now? Like being able to like, I won't say you've ever lost a passion. I know better than that, but you know what I mean? Like to kind of like reignite the passion, like kind of add that extra, like fuel to the fires. I know how much you love your gym and it feels like, you know, you're hitting on all cylinders of that gym. I don't know. Does it make a difference? Cause it feels like, you know, it feels like that can be like a little extra fuel to the fire. Yeah, it's definitely fuel to the fire, man. A lot of it just having uh, a new inspiration, you know, having these younger guys come in and um, um, especially like, you know, the kids in the gym looking up to you and um, that, you know, just giving me more and more inspiration, man, more motivation. Um, you know, I'm a disciplined person and, I, and I'm able to get in there and train no matter what. But the, when you add in some motivation and, and you're inspiring others and others are looking up to you, that, that adds a lot to that also. And that's what my gym has brought me, man. It's really got just a, another level of inspiration. Um, you know, we got some young killers in there, man. We, we got some kids, maybe it might take five or 10 years. That, um, you know, these guys are the next generation that are really going to, put some beat downs out there so um you know just getting giving them something and, and um it's a, uh, inspiring them it just means a lot to me it's very fulfilling yeah i know and i know you said it i don't want to repeat what we talked about in past podcasts but i know you said it many many times like when it's all said and done when you finally do walk away from actually fighting you know you've talked about how much you're going to love coaching i mean you're already coaching now but like the fact that you're going to be uh, so dedicated to coaching and I know that's a big deal for you. And, uh, again, like you're, you're still fighting. I mean, you're about to fight, you know, freaking matter of days from now, but like when it's all said and done, like, I know how excited you are to just be a coach one day. Yeah. Yeah. I think, uh, I, I really do enjoy coaching. I think I'll be very good at it. Um, we'll, we'll see how it plays out though. You know, like that's not coaching is not something that you necessarily say like this is going to be my career you know like yeah. it's not a it's not you know it's, you don't have a degree on the wall you know in getting paid you know salaries you know what i mean so uh, it, it's kind of a you know i'll probably just do it more for fun i don't know we'll see how it works out man you know right now um there's a few guys that i'm coaching bringing up and and helping a lot um but we'll, we'll kind of just see how it plays out you know yeah, it's funny. I remember talking to you. I care which fight it was. Like fairly recently, we were talking. I can't remember if it was on a show. Or we were just talking all, but you were talking about like you know how good you're feeling 
And there's no, like, we talk about longevity. Like, there's no right or wrong way of how a career is going to go. Like, we've seen it where, you know, a guy like Randy Couture goes till he's 46, and we see some guys retire at, you know, 25, 30. I mean, there's no right or wrong answer to it. But I know you said you're feeling healthy and, and better than ever. Is it kind of crazy? Like, the work you can put in on your body over a career, and again, that goes back to the longevity question, but, like, I know you said you feel incredible. Like, I know they say age ain't nothing but a number, and it's true to a certain point, but, you know, like I said, you know, what you're able to do at 40 is different what you're able to do at 20, but uh, is it kind of crazy, like, that? you know, the way you're feeling now, you know, versus maybe even, like, five, six years ago, like, how you've been able to maintain it and build and, and get better? Yeah. Um, gosh. We, we could get into that for a long time, to be honest. <laughs> you, know, you know, we could do a whole podcast just on that part right there. Um, I'll, I'll say this. I'm ready for this fight right now, and I'm going to go out there and I'm going to be prepared to smash this guy. So maybe that'd be a whole subject for a podcast we'll go over someday. Yeah. Yeah, it's interesting. It is an interesting subject, right? Like, there's a lot to be said about that. Absolutely. And, um, you know, I, I think there's a lot of different ways to uh, uh, go about it. You know, I mean, first, it depends on, you know, what the athlete wants, right? Does the athlete want to do this for life? You know, like, for instance, like Conor McGregor, like, I don't, I don't have any, in, in any reason to believe that he was in this for life, right? He wanted to get in, make a bunch of money and, um, you know, maybe get out or, you know, maybe do what he's doing now and, you know, I, I don't think he was in it for life. It seemed like a beat, right? Like he wasn't in it for life. He wanted to come in and smash everybody, make money, and, and then get out, right? And that's what he did. And then there's other guys like Randy Couture, right? That, you know, he wanted to do this for a long time. And or guys like me or, you know, Luzon, whatever, you know, or Anderson Silva, you know, he's kind of a lifer. Um, you know, so it depends on, you know, what, what people want out of it, you know? Um, and then, how do you train, you know, based around that, right? If you're in a short time, you know, you can take more risks and you can uh, uh, train maybe a different way than you would if, if you're, if this is more of a marathon than a sprint. Yeah. You mentioned Anderson. Uh, it's so funny. You know, Anderson, when he was at the tail end of his UFC career, like a lot of people, and I'm not going to, I'm not going to lie and say I wasn't among them is like, you know what? kind of wish Anderson was done. Like, I just don't want to see him get beat. You know, he was losing mm -hmm. fights and he wasn't looking great. And I'm just like, man, it just kind of breaks your heart. Like the guy's a legend. You don't want to see him go through that. Boy, I tell you what, man, he came back in boxing and boy, did he prove me wrong. He goes out there and beats Julio. C I, I'm not going to sit here and say Chavez Jr. is the greatest boxer in the world, but for Anderson to go out and style on him the way he did against like a yeah. legit, like, you know, whatever, 30, 40 career boxer, former champion, whatever. And I knew, I mean, I knew he was going to beat Tito Ortiz. I don't think there was any shock there, but to go out there and just obliterate him in like 30 seconds, I was just like, dude, I've had so much joy watching like this new, like Anderson Silva boxer. Like, dude, it's been so much fun, like rooting for him and just watching him go out there and just smash people. Like it's just, I, again, I don't know how far he's going to take it. I don't know if he's going to fight Jake Paul, Logan, but I have no idea, but just these two fights, it's been so fun to watch Anderson go out there and be Anderson again. And that's the fight, man. Jake Paul. I want to see it, bro. I mean, we know Anderson would smoke him. Uh, no doubt about it. But that's, a, you know, that's a huge fight, man. And and everybody would watch it. And 
Uh, I mean, if, if Jake Paul doesn't get smoked, then, you know, props to him. You know, I, I, mean, I think Anderson probably would. But if he doesn't, you know, shit, man, maybe the guy's for real, right? Like, that's actually, you know, the perfect test for him. And, and he's actually someone his size and his weight and, man, is perfect. I want to see it. Yeah, I do too. I do too. I, you know, I, I've talked to Jake a few times. I think we actually cool. did the podcast right after he fought Woodley the first time. I think you and I okay. did it. And, uh, and we were talking about it and listen, dude, like, again, say what you want about him. I mean, to go out there and, you know, face plant Woodley the way he did, you know, impressive on that regard. And listen, dude, I've talked to Jake. Like I know he's, you know, he's an online guy, but like Jake was actually like an incredibly nice guy when I spoke to him. Cause I met him in Cleveland too. I went to the fight with Woodley and uh real nice guy. And, Dude, like I said, man, I'll never fault anyone for going out there and getting money and doing their thing. You know, if someone's no, going to pay you a million dollars, like, good for you. I agree, though. Like, I love the Anderson Silva fight. Dude, if he could be Anderson, I'm not saying I'm not a Jake Paul believer already. Listen, he ain't beating Canelo or guys like that. We all know better. That's ridiculous. But uh, if he wants to, if he's if he seriously wants to show he's a legit dude, go and fight Anderson because that Anderson yeah. will test him. Like, that is a, that is going to be a test. That's that's my point. I don't have nothing against Jake Paul. I love what he's doing personally. I mean, uh, you know, it's not. I mean, there's kind of like two pieces, right? Like there's guys that are competitive, looking, you know, to go for the title, you know, and they're in either top rank or, or, um, you know, Eddie Hearn. You know, I mean, they're in all these different organizations, and uh, or you know, if you're in the UFC, you're trying to get to the title or Bellator, or whatever. He's doing his own thing it's completely separate from all of the competitors trying to get to a title or, or more, or whatever, you know, they're trying to build their legacy or whatever it is they're trying to do. He's in a different world. That's where I think people will always make those comparisons. Like, like, Oh, you know, you should fight, you know, Charlo or, you know, whoever, whatever, Gennady or Canelo or something. It's like, that's not what he's doing. You know, he's entertaining. And I think if we look at it, you know, um, differently like that, you know, he's like the pro wrestling versus, you know, Olympic wrestling, right? Like doing something completely different. And if we uh, look at it like that, then, you know, it's up to him if he wants to try to prove himself or if he just wants to entertain. If he wants to entertain, yeah, you know, go fight uh, Ben Askren and Tyrone Woodley. If you want to prove yourself, now you got to fight Anderson Silva or somebody, a real boxer. And then if you really want to prove yourself, then you got to, you know, start fighting top rank guys. You got to start fighting, um, you know, real contenders. Yeah. One thing I do agree with Jake about though, and I had this conversation with him before the, the, I think it was the first Woodley fight. Uh, we were talking about like, you know, everyone's like, you know, Dana has taken shots. A lot of people taking shots saying you fight real boxers, fight real boxers. But dude, if you look at boxing and you know, I know that I know, you know, this cause you're a big boxing guy outside of guys. Like I think Lomachenko fought some pretty legit guys very early in his career, but most boxers don't man. Like you look at any boxers record, yeah. they're going 15 fights before they fight somebody with like a winning record. Like that's just, yeah. I don't, I'm not saying I agree with it. I'm just saying that's how boxing works. Like you do not fight good people typically in boxing until you're real deep in your career. Like that's just an old school boxing trick to build up and pad your record. Cause we see boxers all the time to go to 20 and 0, 22 and 0, 25 and 0. And that never happens in MMA because you don't get that opportunity. Typically in MMA, you're fighting tough guys, you know, right out of the gate uh, in mm -hmm. boxing. Like I said, and dude, I'm not like, I, I've said a million times, like I like Jake, I, I like what he's doing and I'll never fault anyone for going out there and getting money, dude. If someone's going to pay him 20 million to go fight Tyron Woodley, good for him. 
You know what I mean? It's right. not my it's not my fault to care. Now, do I think he'd beat Anderson Silva? No, I think Anderson Silva is legit, and that would be an incredibly, incredibly difficult fight. Look, Anderson's a legit boxer with real knockout power. I don't know that I like that for Jay. I don't know that I like that for a lot of people. So, you know, that's probably the worst possible matchup for him as far as like inexperienced guys. But uh right. dude, if he wants to fight if he wants to fight Tyron Woodley twenty times and make twenty million dollars, more power to you. Yeah, I'm on the same page, man. You know, more power to him. But as as long as again, like I'm not gonna be that guy calling him out like like, oh go you need to fight boxers, you need to fight real boxers. Look. Does he want to try to be uh, an entertainer or does he want to try to be a world title holder? If he wants to be a world title holder, yeah, you're going to eventually have to start fighting real boxers. If you want to be an entertainer, then fucking fight whoever you want. Who cares? You know, I'll watch. It's exciting. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. It's cool. But do you like his chances against Anderson? No, no, <laughs> I, I think. Um, but you know, we also don't really know who Jake Paul is as a boxer, you know, watching him fight Tyrone Woodley. I mean, he looked good. He did the same thing Anderson probably would have done. So we don't really know, you know, what his level is. Yeah. Uh, but again, when you, when you look at Anderson and, and you see what he's done, we know his skill set. We know what he's capable of uh, beating Chavez is no joke, even though, you know, Lord knows, if Chavez even trained a day for that fight, you know, <laughs> you know, you know, Chavez is who he is. So, um, you know, good for Anderson, but, um, we have a pretty good idea of what Anderson's skill set is, what he's capable of. We don't really know what Jake is. Yeah. You know yeah, what I mean? I... Like we haven't, we haven't seen him tested. We haven't seen him, uh, in deep waters. We haven't seen him have to, uh, work through adversity in a fight. We haven't seen him, um, you know, in, in uh, 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 a real boxing matches, you know what I mean? Yeah, no, I do. You I do. And, we do we no, yeah, and and listen, like I said, the Anderson fight, like I love Anderson. I think Anderson, and you're right, Chavez. Chavez is like, listen, he's not his dad. We all know that, and he's never been that guy. He was never like a top ranked guy. But I'll tell you what, and I mean this, you know, with all the utmost respect in the world for every MMA fighter who wants to cross over to boxing, but 99% of the time, you know, if you're going to cross over, I'm going to take the boxer to beat the MMA guy coming off his couch because it's just a different sport. Like you can train, but you know, it's like, it's like going into wrestling. Like when, you know, when you're going into like you, I I saw your post, you talked about you trained with Colin Moore, the Ohio state uh, guy. And like, I saw Jaden Cox did some training with John Jones. Like, dude, it's a different, it's a different world to go in there and do that. And boxing is the same way. Like, I'm not going to say you couldn't be good at it. I'm sure a lot of people could be good at it. If you go in there and fight a real legit, like championship level boxer coming off his couch, he's probably going to beat the snot out of him. And that's just because it's just a different sport. That's just the reality of it. No. Yeah. Yeah. I couldn't agree more. I mean, the fact is, you know, most of the MMA guys we've seen cross over, it's not like they they learned boxing, worked their way up the ranks or anything. I haven't seen that. You know, Connor going straight to fighting Floyd. Like, what the fuck, bro? Like, you're, <laughs> you're fighting Floyd. You know, like, this guy was was uh, was boxing when he was three years old. You know, <laughs> like, uh, you know, so, and when you get guys, um, you know, when you look at the, 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 
10, 15, 20 years that you've been training and you've been training in wrestling, striking, Muay Thai, jiu-jitsu, all these different things. And this guy has only done boxing, you know, you're at a handicap. Yeah. Did right? you see the, uh, did you, did you see what happened to Conlon over the weekend? I did. Yeah. Oh my God. Like that's the uh, dude, yeah. there's a reality. Like, I know, like, Usman's talking about fighting Canelo, and I, you, you will not find a bigger mm -hmm. fan of Kamar Usman on the planet. I think he's amazing. And, you know, I think he's, you know, again, best welterweight in the sport, no doubt about it. Canelo is the best pound-for-pound -pound boxer in the sport. It's not close. He's amazing. Like, come on. Like, I love I love Usman. I, I, I'm, again, you will not find a big And, dude, if he wants to go over and fight Canelo and get paid $30 million, more power to you. I said the same yeah. thing about Francis Ngannou fighting Tyson Fury. I joked with Curtis Blades when I talked to him, I said, dude, pay me $30 million. I'll go in and get knocked out by Tyson Fury For tomorrow. Sure, yeah. Like, dude, whatever. But, and I get it. You're going to, if you're trying to get the fight, you're going to hype it up. But come on. I mean, really? Yeah, you're, not, you're not fooling anybody. You know, like, like, who do you think you're fooling saying that stuff? But I would argue that uh, Gennady is actually better than Canelo. I would argue that he won both those uh, uh, first two fights, by the way. Um, and I hope they get it again. So, when we talk about pound for pound in boxing uh, and everybody puts Canelo up there, I say, oh, Gennady beat him twice, in my opinion. I, I definitely I definitely thought he won the first fight. Second fight was a little closer in my mind. The first fight, I definitely yeah. agree. I think he won. I agree. That the second fight, I think, is debatable. The, the, the first fight, I thought Gennady won hands down. Very, very clear. Yeah, I, I'm but, surprised it was, it was even as close as it was. I thought he won eight rounds to four, maybe even more than that. But Triple G or Canelo, I don't see I, any MMA guy crossing yeah. over and beat <laughs> You know what I no, mean? No, Yeah, because, I mean, you're talking about guys like, like like Triple G. You know, this guy was an Olympic boxer. He was, you know, a, a multiple-time champion. I mean, this guy's only done boxing for so long. Like, what makes you think that you're going to do beat him at what he does, you know? It's like, I don't know. It's, it's it's weird, but again, I don't know who they think they're fooling. Um, I think Kamaro could do great against some boxers. I think he would be uh, do very well in boxing. I think he could probably even get to like maybe the top ten in boxing. But you ain't beating Gennady. You ain't beating Canelo. Yeah, oh, I agree. I think Canelo. I think I think Kamaro's an incredible athlete, and I think he's you know an incredible fighter all the way around. I don't doubt he could do it, but you know, again, I don't you know. Uh, even like I, you listen, you will, again, I will not, I will not speak of one ill will, one ill word about Francis Agano. incredible dude, uh, unbelievable fighter. One of the nicest people I've ever talked to in this sport, genuinely nice guy. And listen, he'll send you to the moon. If he hits you with a punch, we all know that. Like, there's no doubt about that. Uh, so in that regard, sure, there's a chance because you, you if Francis Ngannou lands cleanly on you, chances are you're not surviving. But that being said, Tyson Fury took the best punches ever from Deontay Wilder, who is a legit one-punch, complete knockout yes. artist, and he couldn't put him away. Now, I'm not saying you couldn't land. I wanna, I agree, you could absolutely now land. There, now, I, do th I would say I think that Ngannou could do better in boxing like I, I I would give him a chance against Wilder, uh, Joshua, um, Baloo, you know these guys. I would give him a really good chance against those guys. He's not beating Tyson Fury. 
Tyson no. Fury's a special motherfucker, and that's all there is to it. But I would give him a good shot at the top 10 and be up there in the talks with all those guys, more so than at the lighter weights like a Usman or even, you know, whatever other lighter weight well, you guys. Know, you know, the heavyweight guys is just you're a, a big, different. Yeah, you're a big boxing guy. Am I wrong in thinking like like in heavyweight, you can get away with just being a really, really big puncher sometimes. Yeah. Like, you know what I mean? Like, this, yeah, this is it's what not saying. a. It's not a knock on like everyone loves like Mike Tyson is a great example. Like I I like Mike Tyson. It's not that, but like when Mike and it's not to say Mike Tyson wasn't skilled. I'm not saying that whatsoever. But when Mike Tyson, you know, got to the guys like my favorite boxer of all time. I think I've told you this before, and you always kind of like laugh when I tell you this. My favorite boxer of all time is Lennox Lewis. I loved Lennox Lewis. I loved watching him box. When you get to a super technical guy like that, like you just can't go out there and expect to knock him out. You know what I mean? And that's right. what we saw like the disparity in like boxing skill between Ty- between Mike Tyson and Lennox Lewis. And I think yeah. it's the same way there. Like Francis Ngannou hits so freaking hard, dude. He'll beat out. He'll beat a lot of heavyweights just because. It's like Deont- Like I wouldn't say Deontay Wilder's the greatest, most technical boxer. He's not. I don't think anyone's gonna lie to you and say he not. is. <laughs> yeah. But he'll knock your head into the fr- you know the fourth freaking row if you give him one open shot. I think Ngannou can do that as well. But then you get to like the Usyks of the world, who's a really technical boxer, really good guy. Yeah. Look what he did to Joshua. It's like those are the fight. Like you're gonna have to. I like Francis has got a better chance because he again he can send you to the moon with one shot. But yeah, you know you look at a Tyson Fury. I mean, dude, Tyson Fury is. unbelievably good and like it's ridiculous like dude i've come so far around on tyson fury dude when he fought klitschko and that was such a just a not good fight i don't know a better way to say it i was like dude i want to see this guy fight anybody and now i'm like i'm huge into tyson fury like i love tyson fury yeah we all love tyson fury man (laughs) yeah yeah so i think you're on the same page as me it's just a different skill set when you get to heavyweight and that power goes so so far it can take you so far i mean it got Deontay wilder where he's at right yeah and, and we've seen we've seen what happened when he fought a uh, fury you know someone with some real skill that can take a shot and um you know i'm excited to see what Usyk is going to do here man i mean this is this guy is just phenomenal i i just i can't watch enough of this guy man him lomacheco you know they both got the same trainers i i, I, I can watch these guys all day every day man their, their movements and um, their traps they set their footwork it's just a, a phenomenal and I don't I don't ever remember seeing boxing like this in my life man especially with Lomachenko I mean not you could you could go back through all the boxing history which fuck I lord knows I have half the time half of it at least and I mean there's no one that's moved like these guys before man um, so it, it's amazing and I'm 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 interested to see how far that's going to take Usyk in the heavyweight division, um, mainly because he he is undersized for the heavyweights. You know, like when when he gets up with uh, you know, I mean he 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 certainly did a great job with Joshua. You know, if he's got to deal with Wilder or uh, or particularly Fury, you know, he's going to be very undersized for these guys, and it's going to be interesting to see if he if he can make up for it with that movement. Yeah, it's crazy. Like I. I wasn't shocked to see him beat Joshua, but how like the way he beat him, the way he beat him. Like, I was just like, geez, like I knew he was good, but I was like, holy crap. Yeah. Yeah. I picked him to win that fight, but I, I was like, I was really nervous about that pick. You know, I was like, I think I I put a little bit of money on him, like a hundred bucks, you know, something small. And I was like, I was like, dude, I don't know, man. Cause, um, 
again, that size difference, but boy, did he fucking perform, man. I, I mean, that guy is so good. So I'm excited to see how he does against the, the better guys. I didn't know if you'd wager anymore after what happened to you with uh, Jose Aldo and Conor McGregor a few years ago, man. I figured you'd be done betting forever after that, that humiliating <laughs> loss to uh, to oh, me. I'm man. just saying, like, that was, like, the, the worst night of your life right there because I just I want a rematch, see- man. I still want, I still want that rematch. <laughs> <laughs> i'll never yeah that goes back to our old show you, you we, we did it on the air you said all oh, aldo's gonna beat mcgregor we put a bet on it. i was like all right all right let's see what all happens right, no, no. i know <laughs> you're not gonna forget about that uh never never will I, and i'd still say if that fight went uh you know went went long out i would have got him man i still think out was the better fighter Dude, you talk about a career rejuvenation, though. Look at Jose Aldo. Dude, when he said he yeah. was going to bantamweight, I was like, come on, man. Like, you're going to cut off a leg to make that weight class. Because he was not a small yeah. featherweight. Like, he was always ripped yeah. up at featherweight. Dude, I mean, yeah, he lost to Yawn, which I think Peter Yawn's a freaking monster, dude. That kid's so good. Uh, but, like, the stuff he's done lately, man, Aldo, I'm just like, good Lord, man. Like, this is like, and I know he's not really that old. Like, he's, you know, I think he's, like, what, 32, 33, 34, maybe, something like that. But, like, just the the fact that he's like now young. making it. Yeah, he's still super. I think he's got that. I think he's got that Brazilian young. I'm not sure if he's actually 34, but, you know, whatever. But, uh, like, you know, when Noguera, when, like, when Noguera came in and said he was, like, 35. And, like, yeah, dude, you're 44. Come on now. Slow down. Uh, but, uh, dude, like, the stuff he's been doing at Bantamweight is ridiculous. I'm just like, good Lord. Yeah. Like, you're not supposed to cut weight and then go down and do what you're doing right now. Yeah, yeah. What a, what a great fighter, man. I hope he sticks around for a long time. And I want to see him get the title back, man. He's always been one of my favorites. Yeah, he's awesome. He's he's amazing, dude. Like I said, talk about, we talk about career longevity. There's a guy, best, still arguably one of the best featherweights of all time, if not the best featherweight of all time, and now he's a top five bantamweight. I mean, good Lord, dude. Like, that's like, I talk about him and guys like Frankie Edgar. Like, I know Frankie didn't get nearly as much respect as I think he deserves because he kind of, he was champion at a time when, you know, it, it, the sport was big, but he's still growing. The thing about Frankie Edgar was a lightweight champion, and that dude is like a legit bantamweight. Right. So ridiculous, dude. Like that dude had no business fighting 155 pounds and he was a champion. What is, what is uh what is Jose got coming up next? What's on his uh, he wants he wants Dillashaw. He hasn't gotten booked yet. He wants mm-hmm. Dillashaw. Dillashaw's coming out the knee injury and everything. I think Dillashaw's kind of waiting to see what happens with Jan and Sterling because he wants the winner. But uh I would like to see Aldo and Sanhagen. I think that would be an incredible fight. Yeah. Yeah. Boy, there's some good fights out there in that division. Did you did you train with San Hagen when you were on Colorado? Yeah, a little bit. Um, you know, being such a disparity in weight, we you know, we didn't partner up a lot or anything, but we were in the same room a lot. Yeah. Yeah, it's kind of cool. It's funny because all your travels, like, you know, Seattle, uh, Vegas, Colorado, uh, it's kind of fun now that you just have your home base here in Columbus working up there with the uh with Mark Coleman, of course, Coley in the corner. I saw Coley in the corner for AJ Dobson a few weeks ago. Yep. Uh, yep. Coley up there coaching. Like, it's got to be good, man. Like, that's got to be, be one of the biggest, biggest benefits owning your own gym is just like having one base. Cause you traveled a lot during your career for fighting, for mm-hmm. like training. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I just learned a lesson, man. I said, uh, everything is within yourself, man. You know, I was always out searching for better training, better training partners, better this, better that. And, um, now you know it's all internally focused man that's really what it all comes down to it's just you got to focus on yourself man make yourself better um and it doesn't matter who's around you you know it's up to you to make yourself better yeah and i know you got your kids up there training too now 
Yeah, man. My one son, he just won the uh, grappling tournament at the Arnold's last weekend. Nice. Um, yeah, you know, he's a little killer, man. He's going to be the next generation if he wants to. I mean, they're only 11 years old, but um, they're in there all the time training, man, and they love it. Dude, it freaks me out to no end that your kids are 11. That does not compute in my head. Like, I I was around when they were born, and I'm just like, every time you post pictures, I'm just like, dude, they can't be this old. It's not right. It's crazy, right? I mean, I was in the UFC before they were even born, and and every time I hear their age, like, they're 11? Like, I've been in the UFC that long? <laughs> it's yeah. crazy. Now they were they were at the fight in Cincinnati. Of course, I remember the celebration after knocking out Eric Silva that came in. Are they are they going to be coming to the fights in Columbus? Of course, yeah. Yeah, nice, nice. Yeah, now they're old enough. They probably can appreciate it even more now. Like they're actually older. Like because then, what they were yeah. pretty young still back when that happened, right? Yeah, they like, were like three or four. Like they fell asleep during my fight. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Now they're going to be excited though, be in front row for dad's fight. Yeah, they'll be up in a, a uh, my my buddy has a uh, what do you call it? a suite like a box oh, nice. or whatever. So yeah. They'll be up there playing video games and eating food and just having a good time, man. And then dad'll come out, whoop some ass, and then we'll go hang out after. Nice, nice. Well, uh, dude, it's gonna be awesome, man. Like I said, getting the crowd back uh, here in Columbus, man. I'm excited. Like I said, I haven't been to a UFC show in like three years with the pandemic and travel and everything like i really haven't been to a show so i'm like incredibly jazzed to go to the fights uh here in dude, columbus the the crowd's always good like, dude, old times. dude it's so it's so crazy like it just feels like oh i'm just I'm, I'm getting excited already it's like a week away i'm just like jazzed to like be down there and actually be amongst yeah. like the people again like dude it's just if i'm excited i can only imagine how you're excited to go out there and punch somebody in the face yeah i mean hey i'm, I'm excited to be fighting man uh, uh healthy and strong and that, that's all I care about. And then, again, you know, after the fight, Sunday, that's when it all soaks in. That's when it's all great, man. Before the fight, it's all laser focus. Who's uh, who's going to be in your corner for this one? Uh, Coley will be there. And then um, my coach, Harrison, and uh, Dorian. Okay. Oh, Dorian. Okay. Okay. Has he been yeah. in town? Is he, has, he, has he been in town working? Oh, he'll be here this week. Um, he's coaching down at Nashville in May now. So I go oh, down really? there sometimes, okay. to him. Yeah, and uh, you go down there, train with him a little bit, come back, but he's going to come up for this fight, man. Is that the gym where, uh, I know he doesn't train full-time, is that where Chandler trains down in Nashville MMA? Uh, Chandler owns it, I don't know. Oh, uh, okay, part, okay. A part owner? I, I don't know uh, what he does training-wise there. I know he lives in Nashville, so when he's not, because I know he trains out of Sanford in Florida, but I know he I know he lives in Nashville, like that's where his family lives, so. Okay. Uh, yeah, I haven't seen Dorian in forever, dude. I think last time I saw Dorian was when, if you remember, we went out to Hoover Dam, and I was hanging out there with you guys, and I think Dorian was out there. That's the last time I've seen Dorian, so it's been, like, years since nice. I've seen him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I go down every now and then, hang out with him, and we have a good time, man. Yeah. Um, just no matter how many times I, I train with him, I learn something new every time. Yeah, he's a good good dude, and always, of course, always having Coley in the corner is always fun, dude. It's so funny when he was, when he was cornering – AJ and his fight that was in the apex, so it was quiet. And like, dude, you could pick out Coleman's voice anywhere. Yeah. Like, twenty thousand people or no people, you're gonna hear Coleman's voice. Hey, that's a, one of the best parts about having him in the corner. You know when he's telling you something, and you can feel the energy from him. Yeah, it's so fun. Like, I was up there 
I don't know, a couple of fights ago when I came up to the gym when Mickey Gall was in town training with you and like I was out there watching him train uh, coaching you were you were grappling with Mickey and just seeing like dude it's just so fun to watch Coley out there coaching again man like I just love mm-hmm. seeing it like he's got such a wealth of knowledge brings such an energy to it like it's just fun to to be around Mark Coleman and uh, I know he's and I know and he's talked about it. like he's he's sober he's going to that which yeah. is awesome so so great to hear that I texted with Coley a while ago. Uh, I think around his birthday, we texted and uh, just, it's just so, like I said, dude, like you will not find a bigger fan of Mark Colbin than me. I mean, you know that, but like, just, it's just so awesome to see him out there doing his thing. Yes. And just, it's great just seeing him sober and living good life, man, and happy. And, um, you know, I think the, the gym has brought a new energy, new motivation to his life. And, um, you know, he's helping a lot of the young guys, man. He's, he's in there all the time, coaching guys, yelling at him. Um, just an amazing thing, man. I love seeing it. Now, did he, the, the real question is now that you got immortal martial arts, you know, it's been around for a while now. Has Coleman brought in the hammer house, uh, b- uh, punching bag. Has he brought that in for like, you know, like, <laughs> do you remember the hammer house punching bag? Do you remember the story? Yeah. Back, uh-huh. back, he said back in the day when it was just like, he was training out of his garage. They didn't have any, they didn't have any training stuff. They just had one hand, one, one heavy bag. So it was like him and Randleman and, Phil Baroni, everyone working out with one hammer house dummy, one ha- one, one hammer house punching bag. That's all they had. <laughs> well, he'll put us through some hard ass workouts with that uh, single heavy bag, though. <laughs> uh, man, I don't know if they call it the hammer house heavy bag, but uh, he'll put you through the grind, man. I see him do it with people all the time. I love it. I love it. Well, uh, Matt, appreciate you coming on the show, man. As always, uh, good training the rest of the way. Uh, Man, I can't wait. I know you're excited, but I'm super excited, man. I love being, I've, I've been at a number of your fights, but I'm super excited to be in Columbus for this one. It's always cool to see a hometown show, uh, go home and sleep in your own bed afterwards. So, uh, good training the rest of the way, bro. And, uh, we will, I'll, I'll see you. I'll see you down at fight week in like a matter of days now. Yes, sir. We're this close to crowning an NBA champ. And with the action heating up on the court, it's even hotter at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code VOXMMA. That's code VOXMMA for new customers to get a no-sweat bet, up to 1500 bucks if your first bet doesn't hit. Only on DraftKings. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Or in West Virginia, visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas, 21 and over. Age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. One no-sweat bet per new customer. Issued as one bonus bet based on amount of initial losing bet. Bonus bets expire. 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.co slash bball for eligibility, wagering, and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. There are a million bad ways to start your morning off. The no coffee traffic jam. The soggy morning jog. The why is the dog taking so long? Just go already walk. But you can unleash your ideal day with a perfect shower using Method Hair Care products. Designed with high-quality ingredients, Method's new range of shampoos and conditioners will give your hair undeniable softness and shine. And hey, if you're a night shower kind of person, that's great too. Try pure peace infused with peony, rose water, and quinoa protein. Or Simply Nourish, crafted with coconut, rice milk, and shea butter. Or Daily Zen, made with cucumber, seaweed, and green tea. Reconnect with the best version of yourself. 
Visit methodproducts.com to unleash your inner shower. Shop methodproducts.com. It is always good to catch up with the immortal himself, Matt Brown. Hopefully we'll be doing some more big, uh, big stuff with him on the podcast in the coming weeks. Of course, after his fight on March 26th. Right now, let me transition to my next guest. Uh, he, uh, I go back with him quite a bit of ways. He used to be a wrestler here in Columbus at the Ohio State University. He is now one of the top international wrestlers and one of the top representatives from the United States in the last two Olympics and uh, headed, I would imagine, towards his third consecutive Olympics in 2024. So, with no further ado, let's talk. The 2016 gold medalist, 2021 technically silver medalist, Kyle Snyder. I am always happy to catch up with this man. He is an Olympic champion. He is a two-time Olympic medalist, and he is coming up to a big super match, uh, American against American, coming up against Jaden Cox, March 16th. Welcome in, Kyle Snyder. Kyle, how are you? I'm doing good, man. Thanks for having me on. Appreciate it. Uh Absolutely, Kyle. You know, it's funny. You're from Maryland. You train in Pennsylvania. But to me, you will always be an Ohio State Buckeye. I don't care where you go. You're always going to be from the Ohio State University. I should just announce you as that no matter what. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, definitely uh, owe a lot of my success to my time at Ohio State and very thankful for all that. Absolutely. Uh, let's start off with the super match. You know, I, I've been a guy and I know we go back quite a few years when you were at Ohio State. And uh, listen, I'm I'm a huge wrestling fan. And I think the one I'll say mistake, but the one thing where wrestling has kind of come up short is not promoting you know, these individual big matches. I know they've done the beat, you know, the beat the streets competition in New York, things like that. But I've been a big proponents saying man we should have these big matches on like you know a big stage and you do something special like ufc fight pass or or some streaming service whatever the case may be when i saw the announcement about this i was like oh this is perfect great match two you know great american wrestlers so how did this whole thing come about yeah so uh i mean rudis is you know the biggest apparel footwear brand in wrestling and then you know they decided that they wanted to get into streaming and technique and you know just a video service um so they announced that this year and kind of to kick start that whole thing we wanted to have the biggest match that we could think of and with me and Jade not being able to wrestle at the olympic trials that was a match that was heavily anticipated people were really looking forward to that you know we were able to sign that match up and we're not just going to wrestle once but we're going to wrestle on a best two out of three just like we would if it was the olympic trials and you know i think brutus does everything top notch so the way that they um you know and it's just the beginning but the way that they've marketed it the event and the event itself i think it's going to be one of the best events wrestling has ever seen and we're just going to continue to build off of that yeah, I know Rudis has been a big supporter of yours for a lot of years. You got the signature shoes through them and everything like that. You know, one of the biggest issues with wrestling, in, especially in the United States in you know, the past years, has been, you know, the financial support that wrestlers didn't get. I know we all famously, you know, remember the Foxcatcher movie that came out, the Foxcatcher story of guys, you know, basically desperately trying to get some kind of money to just be, just stay being a wrestler. 
uh, how important is it to have like a, a group like you know, Rudis, a company like Rudis, support you um, and and kind of get behind you? You know, for years at a time, they're not just here for one event. You've been with them for quite a while now. Yeah, no, it's so so important, and I mean, I think wrestling as a whole is is really growing, and uh, you know, I think just just right before I kind of got on the scene, it was still challenging to just be a wrestler and compete on the international level. And there was a, you know, you just couldn't make enough money. And especially if you wanted to have a family and stuff like that. I mean, all the money was really in coaching and, or having clubs and stuff. Um, but now, you know, the, the best guys are making good salary. Uh, you know, you're, you're supported by USA wrestling. You're supported by your club that you wrestle in. And then obviously these other sponsors and stuff like that have now, helped a lot of wrestlers so it's all good and i mean rudis is yeah obviously just been so good to me so i'm very thankful i'm not gonna ask to see your bank statements or anything kyle but i, I did want to <laughs> ask you about the uh you know financially because again like five six years ago you know i had this conversation with daniel cormier like we talked about all the wrestlers coming into MMA and to mixed martial arts. And he's like you know that was a big part of it was because you couldn't really make money as a wrestler and he was always you know, of the mindset, like, I love wrestlers coming into MMA, but I want wrestlers to stay in wrestling. That's how USA Wrestling gets better is that we keep, you know, uh, Jordan Burroughs and, and Kyle Snyder, you know, continuing to wrestle for the United States. They don't feel like they have to go do something else. Uh, financially speaking, like, have you gotten to a comfortable place in terms of, like being able to support yourself and, and doing it, you know, uh, comfortably uh, as you prepare for big matches like this? Of course, you know, another Olympic run, things like that. Everything's comfortable. Everything's good. I feel like I can, uh, I got, I have everything I need to compete at the highest level. So it's all good. Yeah. Uh, with Jaden now, correct me if I'm wrong. I, I, I remember you guys had the match at the NCAA championship several years ago, and I followed your college career pretty closely. And I know you had that, you know, the one year where of course you're coming off the Olympics. So you had kind of a weird year that year. How many times have you wrestled, Jaden? Is it just that once? We wrestled four times in high school, I think, or, you know, something like that. Four times in high school, and we split two and two or something like that in high school. Then we wrestled once my freshman year of college at the NCAA tournament. And then uh, we wrestled once in the U.S. Open my the freshman year summer. Um. So I won the match in the semis at the nationals. And then I won the match in the semis at the U S open. And then we've been different weight classes since then. Um, so it's been seven years since we've wrestled each other competitively, but I mean, we have wrestled a lot together in training. Um, so, I mean, we're very, we know each other very well. Yeah. How much, oh, maybe disappointment's the wrong word because again, you know, as the tournament goes, you don't know who you're going to be facing. And that's kind of the, uh, you know, the, one of the great things about wrestling, you know, we can talk about matchups all day, but you have to win to get there. But was there any disappointment when you didn't get to wrestle him at the last Olympic trials? We know, of course, the whole weight cutting thing, everything that happened with that, were you disappointed you didn't get, you know, to face him at that point, uh, just because, again, I know that would have been a really tough match going into the Olympics, or is that just the luck of the draw, how it goes? Yeah, you I mean, I was preparing for, I was preparing for him primarily, you know, that pretty much that entire year, because I knew 
that he was going to be the guy that I was going to have to beat. Him and Colin Moore were the two guys I was getting ready for. And um, I thought I was going to wrestle one of them, too, in the finals. And uh, so, I mean, it was crazy that the way it all worked out, you know, that just the whole situation was wild. I mean, actually being in the, you know, in the warm-up area, watching him kind of roll around and stuff like that. And then all of a sudden you kind of just hear people freaking out and people yelling his name and stuff. And he's sprinting to the weigh-ins like, yeah, I mean, just never thought that something like that could happen. So uh, it was crazy. And uh, I'm looking forward, I'm looking forward to the match. I'm looking forward to competing now. And I'm glad it's best two out of three. Um, I think that's going to be even more fun. Yeah, absolutely. You know, you've spent so much of your career, even in college on the international wrestling scene. We talk, we talk about, you know, the great matches you've had internationally, but how much fun is it to have, I, I, I say rival only because now you guys are going to be in the same weight class and it looked like you guys were going to be in the same weight class for the last Olympic run. Before that, of course, Jaden got his bronze medal in the Olympics at a different weight class. But now that you do have this, we, you know, we've had it before, of course, Kyle Dake, famously Jordan Burroughs and there's other guys that have been around these great American rivalries and it kind of breaks your heart that like two of you guys couldn't go to the Olympics because I feel like you know there's so much talent in American wrestling right now but how exciting is it to have a guy like Jaden Cox you know in your weight class to be able to do a match like this to where the the stakes are so high and, and the world will be watching because we don't always see that you know you might you may talk about a weight class just see one really great American wrestler and they're so dominant but now we've seen this more I mentioned the Dake Burroughs thing you know David Taylor's out there I mean David Taylor and, and Jaden Cox had some great matches so I mean is there excitement about having another another American you know in your division pushing you uh, for a super match like this Yeah no there is you know I I be I think that I get the best out of all of my opponents everywhere I go, you know? So it's like, I feel like every match uh, to them is like a world final. And um, when I think about having somebody like Jaden Cox, my weight class, uh, you know, he gets the best out of me, you know? So I like having opponents like that where they motivate me in training and, uh, I have to be sharp and continue to refine my skills uh, because of the type of wrestler they are. So um, I'm looking forward to it. I'm, I'm, I'm glad that uh, I'm glad he's coming up to 97 kilo. Uh, any challenge, any challenger is good for me. It's like, you know, to make the team, to make my first senior level world, world team, I had to beat an Olympic champion, you know, and, and that only made me, uh, so much better because I felt like if I could beat, if I beat somebody like that, then, you know, of course I can win the worlds. Of course I can win the Olympics. So I like having domestic competition that can really push me. Yeah. And, and the other, the fun thing about this is and we kind of mentioned the growth of wrestling over the recent, over recent years. Like I remember, you know, several years ago when there was that brief period of time where they were talking about taking wrestling out of the Olympics and everyone lost their freaking minds as they should okay. have. And thankfully it didn't happen, but it feels like since then we have really seen people getting behind wrestling because we used to, and, and, and we all know this, like I always pay attention to the college wrestling season and I watch international competitions, but I fully admit I'm a bit of a rarity and, you know, back in the day, it was just you pay attention to the Olympic cycle and maybe the world championships. You know, you might watch the world championships, but mostly people cared about the Olympic cycle. That's when people really got invested in wrestling. 
that's not the case anymore. We are seeing these big matches, these big uh, events happening where, you know, the NCAA championships are drawing huge ratings. And, you know, you and Jaden are doing this super match uh, through Rudis, which is awesome, which we, you know, eight, nine years ago probably wouldn't have happened because, again, people only seem to care about the Olympics. Is it awesome just to see this kind of growth and have this kind of opportunity where this is an Olympic match, but it feels like an Olympic match? Yeah. Yeah, it's good. I mean, there's a lot of cards. And, uh, you know, I think that uh, that's one of the best ways to showcase wrestling and is to have these type of matchups and stuff. And, I mean, but, you know, the the competitor in me really is like, I just want to go out there and compete. I'm not too focused. I'm not really thinking about the growth of the sport and all that. It's like, I'm, I guess the way that I grow the sport is just winning and competing in a dominant way that's exciting for people to watch. So that's what I'm thinking about. Yeah. Let me ask you real quick with Jaden Cox as an opponent, you know, we know how good he is and, and, you know, you've had, of course you've had tech falls, you've had dominant matches, you've had these kind of things, but you know how you have to grind out a win sometimes. Can you kind of give me like a little bit of preview? What do you expect out of these matches with Jaden? Like in, in your head, are you like, I want to shut this guy down 2-0 and, and get done with him? Do you expect he could push you to that third match? Like kind of give me your anticipation, what you think you're going to get out of Jaden this match. Yeah. I mean, uh, I think that, you know, he's, uh, he's got very good defense and he's athletic and, uh, you know, he scrambles through positions well. So and like I've said, we've we've wrestled a lot together in training. So I have a, a good idea of the way that he's going to wrestle me and his tendencies and stuff like that. Um, but, you know, in my mind, I'm, it doesn't matter who I wrestle. I'm always thinking nobody can beat me. I want to tech fall everybody. Um, so I'm thinking domination every time I get on the mat. And uh, it doesn't matter who it is. So that's that's my mindset. Yeah. Now, I would argue that, in my opinion, Kyle, the the biggest rivalry, the greatest rivalry we have in wrestling right now, and I don't mean to slight anybody else's out there, but I think the greatest rivalry we have in wrestling right now is yourself and Abdul Rashid Sajulayev, of course, the great wrestler out of Dagestan. And I thought I saw on your Instagram, you, of course, went over to Dagestan and spent time with with him and in his country. And of course, they're doing the, the documentary through Rudis and everything. But um, it's funny because me coming from mixed martial arts primarily and covering mixed martial arts, we're so not used to seeing, you know, what we would consider rivals, you know, hanging out together and, and, and you know, working with each other, helping each other. What was that trip like for you? How did that come about? And, and how was that trip like for you? Because uh, it seemed like, you know, he was very welcoming to have you in his country and showing you around doing the wrestling thing. Like, I don't know. Was it fun? How, how did you how did you enjoy it? Yeah, man, it was crazy. It was unlike any trip I've ever been on. Um, you know, the hospitality in Dagestan, it was just wild. They took care of us in uh, just an amazing way. You know, we we re- we traveled and got to see, you know, not just the cities, Mahachkala and stuff like that, but we went into the villages where they were from and got to meet their family. And, um, you know, it was it was really different. So it was uh it was a really good trip and i don't think that it could happen uh i i don't know if i'll ever have another one like it 
Yeah. How was it? I mean, again, this is a guy you've competed with so often. Of course, we always know you guys are, you know, pretty much when we look at a, a bracket, we look at a draw, we always just kind of assume it's going to be you and him in the finals. But how was that just like hanging out with him on a personal level? And I don't know, did you guys get to train together at all while you were out there? No, no, we didn't get to train together. You know, um, we just, uh, you know, really he was just showing us around, around the country. So that's, I mean, they, they just really want us to have a good time. You know, I went over there to compete. At least I thought that's what I was going to do, but you know, they just really just wanted to show us the country. And by the end of the week, um, by the end of the week, we, you know, they were even asking like, are you sure you want to compete in the tournament? You know, let's just spend another day doing what we want to do and stuff like that. So, uh, it was a different trip than what I had planned. Yeah, I've heard they did a story. Uh, I think it was Vice News did a story a few years ago about the growth, you know, the, the popularity of wrestling and how much wrestling means to the people in Dagestan. And and at the time, you know, of course, Khabib Nurmagomedov was the UFC champion, and and Abdul Rashid Sajulayev, of course, was was an Olympic champion. Uh, and they said like people over there, like that, like Khabib and 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 Sajulayev over there, like you know what Michael Jordan and LeBron James are over here, like they're just stars. Did you uh, did you feel that going over there as like a wrestler? Because like to to from what I hear, wrestling in Dagestan is like, you know, that's that's our NFL, that's their NFL over there. Yeah, no, I felt like it was even bigger than the NFL and the NBA and stuff like that in America. I mean, everywhere we went. I mean, I'm sure that's how it is for those guys too, but I mean, everywhere we went, um, they recognized not just who Saj Eliab was, but who I was. And I'm, I'm somebody from a completely different country that they don't, they don't even see very often. So it was, it was really different. Um, you know, and just the way that they were able to take care of us, like, I mean, we visited, we visited like senators houses. We visited the governor, you know, of Dagestan, like the whole, the whole kind of, the whole area was aware of what we did and they all wanted us to uh, experience the country to the fullest. So it was wild. I mean, yeah, they're, they're, they're huge stars. Wrestling is, it's, it's on wrestling in Dagestan is unlike uh, any other place that I've ever been. Yeah. It's funny. I care who was telling the story years ago, they went over to, to Dagestan for a wrestling tournament and uh, they, they got a knock on their door. I can't remember what, it was an American wrestler. We got a knock on the door and they, had, I guess they were going to be meeting up with Khabib Nurmagomedov and they said, uh, Khabib has, has uh, provided you with a, a car or something like that. And they're just like, you know, he's going to, you know, they're basically throwing a party and like Khabib is like, you know, again, like LeBron James over there where he's like the star. And he was just like, I've never seen treatment like this for anything. Like he was like, it was ridiculous. Like they were treating me like I was a King, you know, coming into the country. And he was like, it was just so different from being in America where of course we do celebrate wrestling, but it's just not the celebrity. It's just not the same. Uh, so it had to be a cool experience. Just like, you know, walking down the street and having like, I saw the video, like little kids running up and like, you know, high five and you get an autographs like that had to be like a kind of a fun feeling yeah no it was really fun i mean yeah i mean we only rode in like g-wagons you know they took us out on helicopters um stayed in the like nicest hotels went to the nicest restaurants you know it was like it was it was different and uh by the end of the week i was tired <laughs> we, did, we were just non-stop like visiting one place 
to another, to another, to, to another restaurant, to another meal, to another party, you know, it's just one thing after another. Uh, so it was, uh, it was a lot of fun. And that was, uh, I've never been like, I'm, at the end of trips, I'm always ready to come home. And I was, I was ready to come home after this trip, but I also felt like I'm going to miss the people there because of the way that they took care of us. Yeah, I feel like that's a that's a destination you'll have to go back to one day. I know it's like the they call it what the mecca of wrestling out there. I feel like you're gonna have to go back. Yeah, Lord willing, definitely <laughs> like to go back. Bring my family too. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, Kyle, you know, years ago when we chatted, uh, this was after your first Olympic run, and uh, I think it was right after college. And you had gone and attended a UFC event. I think it was in Cleveland. And you come out of that right away, and you were super pumped about, you know, UFC and mixed martial arts. And I know you remember we did the interview where you said, "I'm going to do it one day. I'm going to fight one day." Now, <laughs> this is this is a different time now, as I said before, though, with wrestling because you actually can do wrestling and and you know make a good living at it. And I think I saw another interview where you said, I'm a, I want to be wrestling into my 40s. Like, you were just really, really passionate about wrestling. Can I assume that the mixed martial arts dream has kind of gone away and your focus is 100% on wrestling now? Yeah, that's right. That's right. <laughs> I mean, I went to the Stipe Miocic fight, and then I went to the – when he first won to uh, uh, Cody Nola versus uh, Cruz. Yeah. And Rousey, Rousey versus uh, Nunez. So, I mean, those were some big fights. So, I mean, it's like the environment's just crazy. And you're like, man, I got to do this after you get out of there. But uh, not now, you know, now uh, I just see myself wrestling. You know, I don't know how long, however long God wills. I love it. So I'd like to do it for a long time. But whatever God wants me to do is what I'll do. And uh, right now I'm just focused and getting prepared for this match in March. Yeah, it's funny you say that because, as I mentioned earlier, like one thing that you know, I always forget, I always remember Daniel Cormier saying that is like, we need guys like you because, you know, Kyle Snyder is going to push American wrestling to be better, you know, going into the next, you know, Olympics and going to the next world championships. And, you know, guys like yourself and Jordan Burroughs and Kyle Dake and David Taylor and all the guys that are out there, you know, mean so much to the growth of American wrestling. And as you said, you're not really thinking about that, but. You know, as much as, listen, selfishly, like myself, when you said that to me back then, I was like, oh, my God, greatest prospect immediately in, like, MMA history. <laughs> Kyle Snyder decides to fight MMA. But there's a part of me, as much as I'm like, ooh, you would be an amazing person. Like, I, I like, I like, like, I was watching, like, I stayed up till, you know, 5 o'clock in the morning to watch your wrestling match at Olympics, like you and Gable <laughs> and all the guys. So, like, there's a part of me that, like, selfishly, like, I like that you're in wrestling. Don't get me wrong. If you ever decide to do MMA, I would 100% root for it, but... Again, I'm glad guys like you exist in wrestling. I'm glad guys like Jordan and, and Kyle and you guys are focused 100% on, on wrestling and, and making wrestling what it is today. Yeah. No, I think it's good. I mean, people are wrestling for a longer time. I mean, Jordan's going to be 34 soon. Dake's in his 30s. David's in his 30s. You know, guys are wrestling for longer. And because, like you said, there's more support and uh, you're able to make more money and provide for your family, especially if you're winning. So uh, it's good, and I think we're just going to continue to have a stronger team and continue to win, you know, world championships individually and as a, and as a team. So that's all going to be good for wrestling. And um, I'm looking forward to uh, Bo Nichols' entrance into uh, pro fighting. I think that he's going to be a beast. I think that 
he's going to be somebody that can immediately have an impact on uh, on his division. So that's somebody I'm looking forward to coming in in the into the fight world. Yeah, he's have a monster. I have Boza. Boza monster. I've actually interviewed him before. Really nice guy and a, and a monster. And I know he uh, he was doing. I think he was opening his own MMA gym in State College up there. So I'm sure. I'm not sure if he trained with him very much, but I know he was doing his MMA thing up there. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. We trained a uh, decent bit together. So yeah, it's right right in uh, outside of State College, American Top Team gym. So he's getting better and better for sure. Yeah, you know what would be fun? I talked about like the MMA thing. I remember when I talked to Kyle Dake uh, before the last Olympics, he had told me, like, you know, of course, you know, of course, you know, as an MMA guy, we're always going to be like, are you going to fight? Are you going to fight? But uh, Kyle, <laughs> you know, Kyle, you know, much like Jordan, Kyle's like, I really don't have any interest in fighting. But he had said, I would love to do like a, a wrestling match with like a high level, you know, MMA guy. Like he wanted to wrestle Khabib Nurmagomedov. And I was like, oh, that'd be a lot of fun. Uh, I know years ago they did a couple of years ago they did you know Ben Askren did came back and did the wrestling match with Jordan didn't go too well for Ben no shame in losing right. to Jordan Burroughs but uh, we talk about promoting we talk about Rudis doing this event with Supermatch like that to me would be a lot of fun I'm not saying like you have to like wrestle John Jones or Stipe or whoever but like that to me would be fun right like do a wrestling match and getting a big name in there like that like that would be a lot of fun I think that would be something that every wrestler would be open to right. Yeah, probably. I mean, I don't know. I just feel like, I just feel like it would be, you know, unless we were messing around, it would just be kind of too easy, you know. <laughs> like even even the even the best guys. Once you're kind, of, once you're out of the sport, uh, it would be a problem. It would be it would be a problem. I mean, we'd have to kind of mess around and let things happen. Um, so, uh, yeah. It's funny you say that. I saw Jaden was actually down in Arizona. He got some training in with John Jones. I don't know if you saw that. And John Jones came out and said, I, can't, I, can't really, I don't want to misquote him, but something to the effect of, I haven't been tossed around like that in my life. And Jaden, right. you know, and, and John's walking around like 260 pounds right now. And he's like, Jaden moved me around like a child. I can't remember exactly, exactly what he said, but there is a, as Daniel Cormier says, there are levels to this and, uh, and, and being a Kyle <laughs> Snyder or a Jaden Cox, uh, I all the respect in the world for the John Joneses of the world, but they're not going to beat you in a wrestling match. Yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, but fans would like to see it. So, yeah. Hey, if they want to yeah. pay for it, why not? Right. Like if somebody right. wants to pay for it, do it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, last thing before I get you out of here, Kyle, you know, I was mentioned, I was on your Instagram looking over everything, going to the super match and, and your most recent post. Raw liver, a little, oh, yeah. little bit of maple <laughs> syrup, a little bit of salt. Uh, I remember when I was a kid, my dad used to love liver and onions, and I have never smelled a more disgusting food in my entire <laughs> life than cooked liver and onions. How is raw liver with maple syrup and salt on it? It's better than it's cooked. Like the cook, <laughs> cooking it gives it that weird, really weird texture. You know, like when it's raw, it's not as bad. And you can, I mean, that piece was huge. That was the first one I ate. So I didn't know like what to do with it, but now I like cut it up into smaller pieces and it's really no big deal. Um, but for me, like I can eat anything if it's going to help with my performance. So I don't, I don't care what it is and I don't care how disciplined I have to be with my diet and nutrition and all that. Like I can do whatever it takes, uh, if it's, if it's going to help me. So that's my mindset. 
is that is that forgive me for asking because I'm, I'm not as knowledgeable on this like is raw liver a big deal like in terms of nutrition when you're getting ready for a like, is that something that's like known or or, or talked about uh, I, I had not heard of that before <laughs> I, I i believe liver is like the most nutritious uh thing you know meat you can possibly eat in the world i think like oysters are number two and liver is number one in regards to nutritional value because everything's broken down throughout through the liver so it holds it's very dense in in nutrition and then i also heard uh that only the only like the the alpha in the in the pack back in the day would get the liver and the organs and stuff like that because again that's where all the nutrition is so when you hear that type of stuff it's like well that's who i want to be so i'll eat it yeah, I, I I like to consider myself an alpha male, but I might turn into a beta if you're trying to get me to eat raw liver. I'm not gonna <laughs> lie about that. I might be like, you know what? You can you can lead the tribe, Kyle. Go ahead. You got the yeah. you can you can lead the tribe. You're gonna eat the raw liver. I'll back out from that one. I'm fine with that. So Yeah. Well you don't gotta worry about the competition, so it's all good. You can eat Yeah, <sighs> man. I saw that yeah. and I was just like, Oh, I was just, I was, I actually watched, I made myself watch the entire video because I was like, did he actually put down the whole piece of liver? And the first bite you took was like half, it was like two thirds of the liver. So I was like, oh my God, that was insane. Yeah. Yeah. Well, uh, well, Kyle, it is always a pleasure to catch up, my man. You know, I appreciate it. Uh, cannot wait for this super match. I was super excited to see this getting made. And of course, I wanted to, get a chance to promote it before it happened. You and, and Jaden Cox, this is going to be a lot of fun. I look forward to watching uh, safe training the rest of the way. I know training camp is probably getting ready to wrap up in this next week or so, but uh, you know, keep, you know, keep training hard, look forward to the match and uh, best of luck of course, against Jaden. Thank you. Appreciate it. Yeah. Ready to go March 16th, man on Rudis plus. So thanks for having me on and uh, it's going to be fun. Can't wait. Talk to you soon. All right. Yep. Thanks. A big thank you once again to both Kyle Snyder and Matt Brown for being on the show this week. Of course, check out Kyle Snyder's super match on Wednesday night. Rudis taking on Jaden Cox. Best out of three. Cannot wait for that one. That should be a tremendous collision between two of the best wrestlers in the United States and, for that matter, across the world. Uh, Also, of course, thank you to Matt Brown. Uh, Looking forward to being in Columbus, uh, in my town of Columbus, uh, for his fight coming up against Brian Barberina at UFC Fight Night in Columbus on March 26th. A big thank you to everyone that tunes in each and every week to the Fighter versus the Rider. Uh, make sure you check us out on all of your favorite podcast platforms, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, uh, Stitcher, and of course you can always find the podcast and the rest of my work over on MMAfighting.com. Thanks so much for tuning in. We'll see you next week. See you then. Media Podcast Network. With the NBA Finals around the corner, you can bet with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code VOXMMA. That's code VOXMMA for new customers to get a no-sweat bet up to $1,500 if your first bet doesn't hit. 
Only on DraftKings. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Or in West Virginia, visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas, 21 and over, age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. One no-sweat bet per new customer. Issued as one bonus bet based on amount of initial losing bet. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.co slash bball for eligibility, wagering, and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Here's the truth about AI. AI is only as powerful as the platform it's built into. ServiceNow puts AI to work for people across your business, removing friction and frustration for your employees, supercharging productivity for your developers, providing intelligent tools for your service agents to make customers happier. All built into a single platform you can use right now. That's why the world works with ServiceNow. Visit servicenow.com slash AI for people 